Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. about but first now just like this storm that that angels family penny is going through the bible says storms of life come there's going to be times where you get hit with a storm and there's something about knowing who you are in christ what promise he's made to you understanding his word so you can rightly divide the word in those times not sit there and go why is god doing this to me or i wonder if i'm being punished by Nowhere in the New Testament, the covenant that we walk and live in today, does God put sickness on people. That's not his thing. He wants to minister to us through the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and he wants to teach us that way. So many people, you know, well, God must be teaching us something. It's the devil, the Bible says in John 10, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How many would, you, would agree that a stroke would be an act of trying to steal your life, trying to kill you, trying to destroy your family? right? So we see right there, it's not God doing these things. Jesus said, but I, talking about God in the flesh for us, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. One translation says, and have it abundantly. Being afflicted by a stroke is not life to the full. So we need to know these things so we're never confused because you can't be in faith for healing if you think it's God doing it to you because you can't pray against God. You guys get that, right? I'm just going to pray against God. It ain't going to do any good. You're just making a spiritual fool of yourself. See, God's here, and we're here. You understand that, right? So we need to understand His will for our lives so we can pray in line with it, because when you pray, we're told to pray in faith. Well, here's the truth. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You can pray in faith for healing if you know it's God's will for you to be healed. Make sense? And that's what we're looking. 21 days of prayer and fasting has been a time. Not, it's not an a, a all-inclusive thing. We do 21 days of prayer at the beginning of the year to, to make sure we're in the right place. God's always in the right place, but we want to make sure we're in the right place. We want to get lined up with him. We want to put down those, those carnal appetites and those distractions that pull on us. And we want to you know, put that down and, and press in in the spirit so that we can grow in the knowledge and, and, and the wisdom of God. And as we're praying that way, it says that we will be changed into his likeness. So when we focus on God and we're leaning towards God, it helps us change into his very image and likeness. We will never become God. It's not an option. It's not like 12th grade, I graduated, now I'm God. That doesn't happen. But we are to look like him. We're made in his image and his likeness. When people see us, they should see God's active in our lives. Amen? You guys with me? So 21 days of prayer is just a starting point. We're hoping that you get a foundation throughout the year for your own spiritual walk to say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to really press in and pray about this situation. I'm going to pray about that circumstance. I'm going to pray that I grow closer with God this, in this amount of time. I'm going to fast, you know, and you can fast for a lunch hour or you can fast for a week. It's up to you. 
But there should be a place in our life where we're putting God first. We're seeking him first. And we're putting ourselves behind that. So you know what? Not my will, but your will, Lord. Make sense? So let me get a little drink of my nectar. And as we do this, we're going to see that, man, things change. Now, I've heard a lot of testimonies through this 21 days of prayer. People say, ah, man, it's amazing what God showed me. It's amazing how God showed up. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's awesome. A lot of people have testimonies of how they surprise themselves to be able to do the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You may be like some of us who didn't walk it out exactly how you planned I had these things, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast that, I'm going to pray about that, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be a whole new person when I get done. And then along the way, there was a couple trip-ups. Cu- all right, there was a dessert. <laughs> I was fasting against, you know, the sugar, you know. And uh, I may have slipped up a little, but here's, here's what I did. I said, that's not God's best for me. And I walked away from it, not feeling guilty and down and defeated, but saying, all right, God, we're going to work at this again, and went ahead and pressed on. And now that we're here after the fast, I got a whole bag of stuff back there, (laughs) you know? I went from prayer and fasting to eating and feasting, you know? (laughs) But no, I'm not not going to, well, I probably will eat a lot of it. But anyway, just being honest, Um, but it's about us growing and the things of God. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're putting God first. We're saying, you know what? Hey, life happens, and I understand that. And sometimes the most annoying thing is when you're going through a challenge, when you're going through a, a difficult time, for one of those super spiritual people to come and say, well, pray about it. What do you think I've been doing, idiot? You know? But, you know, you're feeling the weight of it. You're feeling the pressure of it. And you don't want to hear it. But really, if you, if you get it now, when there's not a storm you'll be able to stand during a storm. Does that make sense? And the Bible says storms come. But when you're founded on the rock of Jesus Christ, they go. Thank you, Jesus. They go, and we're still standing on the other side of them. We live in an imperfect world. Imperfect things happen. But we have a perfect God that strengthens us, encourages us, protects us, delivers us when we learn to walk in His ways, not our ways. You guys with me? Excellent. So I just want to cover a few things in prayer um, and fasting. If you know, it depends on how slow that clock goes. But uh, our text scripture for this uh, series is Matthew six thirty three in the New King James. It says this, but I don't think I gave you the New King James. Let me just read it to you. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Seek. Active. It's a verb. Do something. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, it's talking about the necessities of life, the things that, that we want to live a, a, a blessed life. We want to live, you know, not necessarily so comfortable that we become, you know, a spiritual couch potato and we never have to use our faith, but we want to live a life that's overcoming and not being overcome. Make sense? So we seek first his kingdom, his way of doing things and his righteousness, which means his right way. If, there, if there's two ways, one of them's God's way and one of them's your way, God's way is right. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end therein is death. In other words, anytime your way is, uh, is, is contrary to God's way, it's the wrong way. 
right? Well, I don't like that. doesn't matter. Pastor Mike, I'm offended by that. Facts shouldn't offend you. You know, it's the facts. Now, what we do is we embrace it and we grow from it and we decide, hey, you know what? I got that little scratch on the inside. That little, mm, I shouldn't be doing this. And this will happen in your spiritual walk. There's things that have been okay all the way up till today, and then today you'll do it, and you'll go like, mm, I just don't feel right about this anymore. That means you're growing. God is now, has now has, has seen that you're at a place where he can now say, this isn't the best. And you'll be able to put it down because you're spiritually growing. The Bible talks about our spiritual growth where we start out as babies, but we should reach a place, instead of just needing milk, we should reach a place where we can, we can um, consume the strong meat of the word, which means you're growing up spiritually. And everybody should want to grow up spiritually. It, it, it's people that, and, and I'll just be real honest with you, this really kind of gets under my skin, but I ask God to help me walk in love. People say, well, I, I, just, I just want to stay where I am. You're, you're, you're literally counting yourself as a baby. And you're saying, I don't want to grow. How do you think that makes your heavenly father feel? You know, if Chris was still walking around wearing a big pampers and, and just wanting to suck on a bottle and not going out and making the life that God has for him, as his father, I would be disappointed. Now, I'm not saying, I'm saying where there's nothing wrong with him. He's just lazy, self-centered, and wants to sit and watch Oprah and eat bonbons, you know, whatever, you know. That would be disappointing as a father. It's the same thing for our spiritual father. He's looking at us. We have so much potential, and we're sitting there going, nah, not today. Let me just waller in the flesh a little more. You know what breaks his heart? Because he has so much for you. And that's what this whole series is about. But first, yeah, we have ideas, we have thoughts, we're going through life, but first, seek God on that situation. Before you react, take the action of seeking God. And your life will go better. Amen? You guys with me? The Amplified says it this way. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, which is to submit to him as Lord and not just Savior, and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And when we do that and we decide that it's God's way is my way, it it changes the course of our lives. And it also lights up so other people can grow from it. They can come to you in their storm and say, how you do it, man? How are you able to, to keep going when, when we're both going through the same thing? And you can let your witness shine and say, because I've got God. And he's showing me how to navigate through this difficult time. And he's got me. And because I know he's got me, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not, I'm not insecure. I know him. And I know he watches over his word to perform it in my life. It, it, there's something about that that just gives you the strength to keep pushing, to go on through. Amen? So we're not to be worried. We're not to anxious, the first 34 says, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. So that tells us there's going to be trouble. There's going to be problems in life. But as we seek him first, he's going to get us through. Amen? If you don't want to get through, then don't seek him. But if you want to get through and walk out the plan he has for you, and you may say, well, Pastor Mike, there's so much in my life that I need to change. I, I just can't do it. 
how do you eat an elephant? Huh? I mean, it's huge. An elephant's huge. How would you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You just do it one, one step at a time. You just let God show you what the next step is. You don't have to know the whole race. You don't have to know how it's going to look down the road. You just need to say, okay. All right, I made it. All right, God, let's take another step. One step at a time, and you're going to get there. Amen? So there's nine different types of prayer that um, I found, you know, and I'm sure there's more, but this is a list I have in the Bible, and I'm going to go over them so you'll have a foundation on, on scriptural support for what we're talking about. Because remember, the will of God, our faith begins where the will of God is known. So the first one, and I got a list up here, I would encourage you, if you don't take notes, take pictures. And uh, have you got the whole list? Pause for effect. Okay, we're going to go through the whole list. Okay, I thought you had them all together, but that's okay. That's even better. Number one is the prayer of faith. We find that in James 5.15. That's where the Bible says, is there any sick among you? Call for the elders of the church, for the leaders, to lay hands on them and to pray for them and to anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith, listen to this, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Healing is God's will, and he's telling us how to do it. Number one, the prayer of faith. Number two, prayer of agreement. It's corporate prayer. It's where you come with, with at least one other person. And you say, hey, man, I'm facing this. I need you to be in agreement with me that God's will would manifest over this situation. Matthew 18, 19. If any two of you shall, shall agree in touching anything, it shall be done for us by our Father. And he's going to answer the prayer. We just got to come into agreement so we know somebody's strength standing with us. Somebody's there helping us. Amen? Three, there's a prayer of request. Prayer of request. A lot of us are familiar with that. We find that in Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't be worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I grew up in a church that said, don't ever ask God for anything in prayer, because if you do, that's a selfish prayer, and he won't answer it. That is a life in the pit of hell. They had this idea that humility was better then obedience to the word. Oh, I would never ask God for anything for me. That's contrary to his instruction in the word. We're supp- he wants to be our dad. Where we go to him and say, Dad, I, I got a need. I got a situation. I got a circumstance. And I need your power, your provision, your, you to show up. There's nothing wrong with that. You do it according to his will. So there's a prayer of request. Uh, we find that in Philippians 4, 6. Uh, prayer of thanksgiving, that's in Psalms 95. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. When God shows up, don't forget to say thank you. When you're facing a challenge and you pray and God shows up, don't just keep going, all right, can't wait for the next. No, no, take time to stop and acknowledge, you did this. I know I didn't do this, you did this. Thank you. It's an act of faith. It's going to cause you to be stronger the next thing that comes up because you know God showed up last time. And if he showed up that time, he'll show up this time. Amen? You guys with me? Number five, prayer of worship. There's times we just need to worship God for who he is. And we can pray and we can exalt him and we can declare. You know, I got a a thing, a plaque when I went to Bible school from somebody in, in our church. 
And it said, instead of telling God how big your problem is, start telling your problem how big your God is. And I'll tell you what, I went there with, I was making um, the church that sent me, I got half my salary, which was not a lot, I only got 300 bucks, <laughs> and uh, I got half of my salary to help me in Bible school, which was not enough for me and my family to live. And I had to learn to count on God, and He would show up. I didn't sit there and count on the, you know, money to fall out of the sky. I counted on God. It was incredible. Every time, and the boys didn't know this because we didn't tell them, every time our refrigerator would get down to nothing, somebody would write us a card and, you know, you couldn't Venmo or anything like that, so you had to actually send a check. And they would send us a check in the mail from home, and they would say, hey, the Lord really put on my heart to share this with you. And it'd be like 25, 50 bucks. Do you know how much dark meat chicken $25 would buy back then? Now, I never liked dark meat chicken, never. But I learned to eat it when I was in Bible school. And uh, I, I learned how to shop and use coupons and go to this store because they gave double coupons on this and that store gave better deal on meat. I believe God was leading me to show me how to count on Him. I didn't count on the stores. I prayed before I went grocery shopping. Lord, help me, help me to make the right choices. Help, help, help me to, to follow your plan for this. And we got through Bible school where we ended up Donna and I, so many of the other students, because there was a joke about how poor Bible students are and, and people struggling, we ended up sharing meals with people, other students would come to our house because they ran out of food and didn't have any money. And it wasn't how great we were because we were counting on God and he just showed up. You know, so you can do that. And you got to learn to worship him. <clears throat> Prayer of consecration, number six, or dedication. An example of this is when Jesus was in the garden. He knew what he was facing. He knew what was going to happen as they crucified him and hung him on that cross. And he asked God, God, if there is any way, Heavenly Father, Abba, if there's any way that this cup of suffering can pass from me, please let it happen. But if not, your will be done. And he went ahead and went to the cross because it was God's plan for him to pay the price so that we don't have to. Amen. But he, he consecrated himself. Not his way, but the Father's way. And sometimes we need to do that in our life. You know what? I, God, I really wanted to do that. I want to buy that new boat. Our motorcycle, our TV, our computer, our iPhone, whatever. I want to do that. But if that's not the step you have for me, I'll follow your plan. And you know what always happens? Always happens in our life. When we sacrifice it for the moment, God ends up blessing it with it later. We'll get a better deal. We'll get a, a situation where somebody says, hey, you know what? God told me to bless you with this. It's the way he works. But you have to go ahead and put his way first and not just pursue your own way. Does that make sense? Yes. I know I'm going through these kind of fast. That's why I said take picture. Uh, there's a prayer of intercession. We did that for Penny today. We find that in First Timothy. It's just one example of it. Where we're first urged to pray for all people. Ask God to help them and give thanks for what he's doing in their life. That, you know, that, that, that's an, a, a form of prayer that God has instructed us. Uh, then we have number eight, the prayer of imprecation. Now, this is found in Psalm 69, and this is, I need you to listen to me, this is a prayer of judgment. And in the Psalms, they would pray for judgment on those who were um, interrupting or standing in the way or fighting God's way. And I know some of you already, what, we can do that? I got a list of people I need to, in the New Testament, we're <laughs> under the dispensation of grace. 
So we wouldn't pray for God's wrath to fall on them. We wouldn't pray for problems that come their way because they're not walking with God. No, what we would do is we'd pray their eyes would be open. We would pray they would turn from their way and find out what God has for them. But there's a prayer that you could pray for people that are, are going the wrong way, on purpose, full steam ahead. I don't need God. I don't need you. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to pray that your eyes will be open before you run into destruction. And that's really our heart. That's God's heart. Because he wishes that none would perish. So that's kind of acting like God. Even though these people may be hurting us, they may be saying bad things about us, we're still supposed to pray for them. Amen? You guys got, are you with me? Everybody hanging on? This is stuff you could draw from throughout the whole year, not just the 21 days. That's number eight. And then number nine, praying in the Spirit. We find that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. I would encourage you all to learn about this. This is a message in itself. I actually, I'm going to ask Pastor Donna to come later. And, and she has such revelation in this. And she, she's got such strength with this that it's, I think she can do a better job than me. So I'm going to ask her to pray on praying in the Spirit. And some of you, that might be completely new to you. But the Bible's very clear that we're supposed to do it. You don't have to do it. It's a benefit. It's not a requirement. So don't think you're less than or God's mad at you or we don't want to talk. That's not the case. But there is so much in praying in the Spirit. There's so much that happens. In Jude 20, it talks about that we're to build ourselves up in our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Build ourselves means edify, means to empower. So if you want to have more of God's power in your life and you want to have stronger faith facing the storms of life, learn to pray in the Spirit. It, it, it's very powerful. You guys with me? All right, so <clears throat> we have a lot of prayers to petition, which, you know, we see that the Word tells us to do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's prayers of intercession. There's, there's all those prayers that we just talked about. And, and we never want to get to a place where God said, I could pray for things, so, and we become consumer-minded with God. God, I just think you give me that brand new car, and Father, give me Billy Joe's wife because she's prettier than my wife. And, but it doesn't work that way. Your prayer should never make you self-centered because you've got to know it's God's will for you to ask for it. So he's not going to give you Billy Joe's wife. He's going to ask you to treat your wife the way she should be treated. And you that want to trade your husband for anybody else, that, that's not God's way of doing it. He's going to pray for you to stand. The Bible says the unbelieving husband can actually be saved by the manner or the conversation, the lifestyle of a believing wife, which means you should be an example to show them what God has and what he's willing to do in your life, not just sit back and judge him and say, uh-huh, he ain't nothing but a loser. No, you don't say that. You say, God made him for a purpose. I'm going to help him discover it. And I'm going to pray prayers of intercession over him so his eyes would be open. I can't tell you how many wives over the years would come to me distraught and just frustrated and wore out. And we would pray, and I would get them to, to we would get claws. Listen to this. You can do this. It's in the Bible. We would get claws that we would lay our hands on. We would pray God's will over that husband. And she would tuck him in his pillowcase. I know some of you are going to go home and look in your pillowcase. you know. <laughs> and uh, if you do, it's an act of love. But we would put those claws in his pillowcase so while he's sleeping... God would be reminding him that he, he loves him. He made him on purpose with a purpose. And, and he's got so much more for him. And I can't tell you how many testimonies that we've seen where the husband comes around because the wife is praying over him and, and, and 
Don Newkirk's wife is saying, Lord, help. But, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, he's just an example. But he tells that story. He was away from God, but his wife and his kids kept going to church. And you know what? After a matter of time, they didn't pester him and bug him and nag at him. But one day, he just in his heart knew, I need to get to church. And he woke up. He got ready for church, and he's sitting there. And he's waiting, and as they all got ready for church, he's sitting there just waiting, you know, they're going to invite him. And they just walked out because they were used to him not going. <laughs> so the next Sunday, he got up, and he got dressed, and he got ready. And they were getting ready, and as they were getting ready to go, he goes, hey, hey, do you guys mind if I join you? And that was answered prayer for them. And I was there the night that Don raised his hand on a Wednesday night, Kim's birthday. She wasn't there. She had a, a work thing but his kids were there. I was there the night that he raised his hand and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. That was answered prayer because they stood for him and believed God to manifest in his life. Amen? Amen? So we have to understand that our petitions are not about me. It's not about me, 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 me. You know, God, look at me. God, I brought my list today. You know, and then you pray your list and you just walk away and don't talk to him again until the next time. God, here's my list. That's not, he wants you to draw close to him. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want to be an ATM to you. You don't have a relationship with ATMs. You don't go out and hug it before it gives you your money. You know, oh, there you are, my love. No, you don't do that. And God doesn't want you to do that to him. There's nothing wrong with being your request, but also bring your heart. Because that's really what he wants. Amen? You guys with me on this? So we're supposed to pray. Every prayer we pray should be a prayer of faith because faith is how we access the provision of God in his word. It's believing him and his word. When somebody says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay your car payment this month. If that's somebody that you know you can trust their word, you've already decided before you ever see the check. My car payment's paid. I don't got to worry about it. God wants you to trust him like that. And you say, well, you'd say he'll pay my car payment. I know he has paid people's car payment. I'm not saying go there. I'm saying you've got to know what's God's will. Make sure that you're lining up. Seek him first in your finances, and he'll show up in, in, in your finances. Amen? Yes. Guys with me? I'm just trying to give you a foundation so that you, you, you have some place to go throughout the year, not just this 21 days. And what you do in this, in this exchange is when you're praying, we're actually aligning our life with his because we've got to pray. You know, we need to pray in faith. So if you have a need, you go to the Word and find out where it says he'll meet that need. Now you've got something to put your faith in. Then you go to him and ask him for it. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't know the Bible. You can. The people say, I don't read. They don't know the Bible. So chances of them having faith to go to God in a time of need, it's pretty slim. Well, I don't understand it. Pray that he'll show you. Ask other believers, people who have been walking with God a little longer, to show you how to interpret the Bible, how to understand. It's not written for, for super genius, super spiritual people. It's written for common folk because God loves us that much. But you have to spend time in his word because when you spend time in his word, that is actually spending time with him. Him and his word cannot be separated. Remember, Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. If you want to see what God has for you, you got to spend some time in the word. Uh, that's it, I just disconnected. You disconnected at your own peril. Because God's not going to force himself on you. But when you seek him, he will show up in a big way. 
You with me? So we go to Lord, Lord and, we, and, we, and we pursue Him and we pursue His Word. One of the words that's used in the Bible for prayer is actually a compound word. And it means to, to move towards and to desire. So really what that's telling us is when we pray, if we're, if we're really praying, not just some off the top of our hat to make our conscience feel better, but we're really praying, that means that we're actually focusing and moving towards God and we're moving towards His desire. So when we pray, we need to understand something's happening here. When I pray, I'm getting closer to God. And I'm going to discover His desire for my life. And, and it helps us to understand that we're not just saying words that we don't know if anybody's hearing it. God knows how many hairs are on your head or how many are not on your head. He knows. And if He knows how many hairs are on your head... He knows what your heart's desire is, but he instructs you to speak it in faith. And that's what opens the door for him to come in. Make sense? It's not too difficult, guys. And, and we see that as we do that, we're turning away from the distractions. And as we spend time in prayer, we're turning towards him. We're leaning into him and his will for our life. I believe God wants to bless us. Oh, you're, you're one of those prosperity gospel teachers. No, not at all. I don't believe there is a prosperity gospel. I believe there's a gospel of Jesus Christ and prosperity is found in it. But it's not a prosperity gospel. I believe God wants to bless us, but he always wants to bless us with a purpose. Not so you could become self-centered, self-indulgent, and forget about the world who needs to be a part of your blessing. Amen? You with me? I think that God wants to sanctify us, which means to set us apart, to to say, hey, you're different than the world, so the world can see there's a different way. That's what sanctify means, means to set apart. I believe he wants to do that, and these things happen as we pray. He wants to empower us. The Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That comes from walking with God. It, it doesn't just show up. He wants that in your life. He wants you to be, uh, he wants you to be such a bright light the Bible says over and over again to let your light shine. The people that are walking in darkness can't help but see it, notice it, and eventually they'll be drawn to it. Doesn't mean you judge them. Well, you heathen dog, no wonder you're in that kind of trouble. I saw it coming. You know, we're to walk in love. We're to let our example gently lead them to God. People don't come to church, a lot of them, because they think they're going to be judged by a bunch of hypocrites. And the sad part is, a lot of that's true. But let it never be said about Faith Family Church. Amen? That's just not what we want. It's not what he said. Ian e. Bounds said this. He said, if we really pray, we really become more like God, or else we'll quit praying. There's a truth in that. We should pray. And as we're praying, with our face turned towards God, we're going to grow closer to Him. And when we grow closer to Him, we're going to become more like Him. And the world needs more Christians becoming like Jesus, not being hypocrites to sit around and point their finger and judge everybody else for their lifestyle. Because let me tell you something, without Jesus, you'd be just like them or worse. But because of Jesus, he's helped you get to a, a place in your life where you should let his love flow through you, not, not be like a Pharisee and, oh God, I'm so glad I'm not like that guy. That's just pride and ignorance. 
And the Bible says pride comes, from, comes before a fall. That's not exactly how it says, but literally the implication is that when you walk in pride, you actually turn away from God and you're more apt to fall because you think I can do it on my own. And you were never designed, created, or made to do it on your own. You were always to live life with God. Does that make sense? There's a guy, uh, a theologian from the 15th century. His name is um, John Calvin. He has four rules of prayer. And if you read his original four rules of prayer, it's written in Old English, and it, it can be a little difficult to understand. So I actually went on the Internet, which, believe it or not, is a blessing. just depends on what you're looking for. But the Internet is a blessing. And I found four rules of prayer from John Calvin that have been modernized. I want to read those to you. This is to help you understand how to pray and how to do it effectively. The first rule is this, a heartfelt sense of reverence. When you go to God, you recognize God as God, and you realize you're not. Don't go prideful and boastful and, you know, I got this, God. You ain't got nothing. Without God, you have got nothing. But with God, you can walk through any storm. You can come around. You can walk through any challenge because he is the one that's bigger than that situation. And you go with him. He actually goes before you if you allow him to. And he'll walk you through it. Amen? So you just recognize him. You're reverent. You 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 don't go in prideful and boastful. You go in saying, God, I need you. I need you. And thank you for your word that promises that I have you. Because I'm in your son, Jesus Christ. Number two, the second rule is a heartfelt sense of need and repentance. Now, repentance doesn't mean, God, I'm sorry for this, God, I'm sorry for that. That's not, that's not the whole meaning of the word. The word repent actually means to turn and to go a different direction. Now, a lot of times when we get ourselves in trouble in life, it's actually us making the wrong choice that gets us into a bad situation. Well, it's them. They did, yeah, but you know what? If you, if you, if you spend time with God, he'll warn you ahead of time, and he'll say, hey, you know what? Don't, don't do that or... You know what? He knows if your job's about to end, and he'll quicken you to be aware that he's bringing people across your path that has a better job for you. But you've got to seek him first to find that. Amen? So he wants to show you that. So you don't uh, repent means to turn from your way and do things God's way. It means to seek first his way of doing it. And he'll walk you through it. He'll take you where you need to go. The children of the Old Testament needed a better situation. He prepared the promised land for them. And he had a way for them to get there. But they kept doing it their own way and ended up costing most of them their lives in the desert. But the two that trusted him, the two that said, no, he's, he's doing this, it's a done deal, I'm following him, they made it to the promised land. And they walked in the fullness of what he had for them. And it's an example for us. You want to get to your promised land? Put him first. Amen? So... Uh, number three, the third rule is a heartfelt sense of humility and trust in God. God, you're God, I'm not. I yield to your instruction. I yield to your direction. There's times where I think I've got a better way than God. And the times I've taken my way, I realize, man, God could have saved me a lot of heartache and headache. When I follow his way, it's always a better way. So you humble yourself and you say, not my way, but your way. You're God, and I trust you. It doesn't do any good to pray to God if you don't trust God. And trust comes from relationship. Not because it says it in the Bible, but because you walked it out. Make sense? You guys with me? So you go in with a submissive prayer, not my will, but your way. 
Not my will, but your will. I want to do it your way, God. And it's amazing how things will happen. God's building this church. We in ourselves, you know, we think we get full of pride and stuff. We think we could do it. We can't do nothing without God. We won't even have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on us to help people know there is a God if we don't put Him first and walk with Him. Don't think your way is better. It's not. God always has a better way. And it's going to be an easier way in the long run. Maybe not to start with, but in the long run. And he wants to build his church so we're ready to receive all those who've lost and away from God. We're not to be judges of the world. We're to be lovers of the world. Not what the world offers, but the people in the world. Make sense? So, and we need to be grateful of that. We need to humble ourselves and say, God, I thank you. You're doing this. It's not me. It's you. And I thank you for the steps to take. And I thank you for the direction you've given me. Number four, the final rule is to have a heartfelt sense of confident hope. Now, that doesn't mean when somebody comes up and says, hey, is God getting you through? Oh, I sure hope so. That's not, what, that's not hope. That's not Bible hope. Bible hope means to have a confident expectation. It's really the same thing as faith, a confident expectation that God's word will manifest in my life. So when people come up and say, is God getting you through? I hope so, which means I know it's happening. I, know, I may not see it because it's behind the scenes, but he's working it out. My trust is in him. It's not in the government. Lord, <laughs> it's not in the economy. Help us, Jesus. It's in him. And he's the one that can get us through. Does that make sense? So it's a heartfelt sense of confidence. It's, it's hope, Bible hope. I have hope that he watches over his word to perform it in my life. Amen? I'm going to close there. Um, boy, I had some more good stuff. And we'll see how that goes. But... Um, I just want to encourage you that the prayer is not just for other people. Fasting is not just for other people. It's for God's people. And if you're a God people, it's for you. Don't be afraid of it. Well, fasting, that's kind of radical, isn't it? No, it should be part of our life. Fasting is just simply hitting the brakes on us and pushing forward into God and what he wants. It's that simple. You don't have to reach a certain spiritual level to pray and fast. Actually, praying and fasting will get you to a higher spiritual level. Don't clean a fish before you catch it. There's steps to take to get you where God wants you to be. Does that make sense? And this life is, is a blessed life, and we should see it that way. And you know what? Yeah, we all got trouble. We all have storms, but we've got a big God, and he's going to meet us right where we are. You guys with me? All right, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I thank you that... Father, that as we've come here today, we put you first on the first day of the week. This first 21 days are the first 21 days. We put you first. We're seeking you. And your word says that if we seek, we will find. So thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for growing us spiritually into the very place you have for us. As we all are in an attitude of prayer, I want to say this. And I want to say this to people online, we love you, our online family, you're, we're blessed that you're a part of what we're doing, and if you're just, maybe you stumbled on, maybe, you know, this came up on your, your Facebook, we want you to know that you matter, and that I don't believe it's an accident, God's got a plan for you, and if you want to discover that plan, we're here to help you, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, or if you're here in this room right now, and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, that's the first step, so I'm going to ask all of you, just take a moment, kind of evaluate, 
I've gone to church for years. Yeah, but are you born again? Did you ever receive Jesus Christ, not just as Savior, but did you receive him as Lord? Lord, Lord of my life. Today's your opportunity. And nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to think less of you. And online, this is for you too. Right now, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So if you're in this room, I'm going to ask you if you're ready and you want to receive Jesus Christ, I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to have you stand up in front of people. This is a moment between you and God. The reason I ask you to raise your hand or to make eye contact with me is because I know how important prayer is and I commit to praying for you over this next week that the right situation will come across your path, that you'll be encouraged and strengthened, that you'll have revelation of what it means to be born again. And I do it in faith and I know God shows up. So if you're here in this room and you're ready to say that prayer, we're all going to say it with you so you're not going to stand out. But there's something about taking the step to pray. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says, if you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you'll be saved. Born again, you'll be a child of God, walking with Him. So if that's you and you're here today, or you're online, you, I want you to raise your hand as a point of contact. I made that decision that day on uh, January 29th. 2023, everything changed because Jesus came into my life. So anybody here today, that's you, you want to receive Jesus Christ and you say, pray for me. Preacher, I'm going to be one of those ones praying. Anybody? Okay, nobody raise their hand. So here's the thing, guys. We've got a job to do. We've got to let our light shine so that people will be drawn to a place where they can receive Jesus. We need more sinners in this church because God loves them. And if you're online and this prayer is for you, I want you to just raise your hand. You're doing it to God, not to us. And we're going to pray with you right now. And then we ask you to go on our website and let us know you prayed that prayer because we want to send some material to you. All right? Everybody with me? One, two, three. Father, today, I believe Jesus Christ, your son, is my Savior. I believe it in my heart. And I'm confessing it with my mouth. And the devil, the world, my in-laws, and my outlaws can't do anything to stop it. Me and God, together, from today on, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.